Hey, hey folks, it is another episode of Short and Sweet, the food cast that celebrates all dragon food in and around Cape Ann. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Heather Ratwood. How are you, Heather? I'm good, Corey. Nice and Bona Fiesta? Yeah, Bona Fiesta, exactly. Viva! Viva, yeah. <laughs> we have a very special guest for this Short and Sweet. We want to welcome Angela Sanfilippo from the Gloucester Fisherman's Wives Association. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. This is great. You know, uh, these are these are glorious day for Gloucester. And know? it really is. It's a special time. And hope the sun shines. I know. It just came out. Yeah, I it know. did. It just I did. came out. You know, last night they had, we had the mass for St. Peter at the Legion, and then they bring the statue back to go to, and was supposed to pour. And we were all upset, and there was like, we're not going to take St. Peter out because if it rains, the statue will get damaged. It rained all day off until St. Peter was in that window, mm. and then started to rain again. We were like, oh, he really wanted this to happen. Yeah, you know, and I'm sorry I missed the, that, the novena, the mass. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we, we pray for everybody. Thank we know you. that family <laughs> have all kinds of things going on in their lives. So we were talking just before we went on live is that you're, you're going crazy cooking right now. Yes. So what are you cooking? I just made um, 10 pounds of red fish soup. Oh. The Gloucester House is going to serve it tomorrow night if they have a reception that with the St. Peter Fiesta Committee mm. and invite a guest. And I'm not going to be in Gloucester tomorrow morning, so I said, I can only do it the day before, which is, which is fine. So I, let's start with redfish soup, yeah. because uh, you are president of the Gloucester Fishermen's Wives Association. Mm -hmm. This is St. Peter's Festival, the celebration of the saint who watches over the fishermen, mm -hmm. right? And I happen to know that the city of Gloucester and the Fishermen's Wives are working with in, in um, underutilized species, yes. and redfish is one of them. Yes. So let's just talk about that a little bit, what redfish is, what the fishermen are doing out there with redfish mm -hmm. and how you turn it into soup. Well, and um, how we can eat some. <laughs> I mean, redfish, it's always been a real staple of Gloucester. Mm -hmm. The old people told us that redfish was the fish that fed the American servicemen mm. during World War II. It was landed in Gloucester and processed the Gordons and shipped to them. And until like late, 80s, boats still could go out and catch redfish. And then something happened. The regulation said there was no more redfish, so for many years, nobody fished for redfish. It was dormant, right. And in the last five years, as come back, they've allowed them to fish for redfish. And people just didn't even know what it was. People had forgotten about it. And so it's become an underutilized species, where at one time it was not, it was like the primary fish that came through the Port of Gloucester. Mm -hmm. So we had to not really invent new recipes because in the fishing families, we those things never go away. So the redfish soup basically was a recipe for my, my mothers to make all the time. And the funny thing is we cook, if we were cooking for us, we would do a whole redfish in the soup. Because people don't know what to do with the whole redfish, mm -hmm. How then big we, is a redfish? Like this big? Well, there's little ones little. and there's big ones. Okay. Big, I don't think they go bigger than like 12 inch, you mm -hmm. know, foot. They don't go that big. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of a flat fish? And they're not so flat. They oh, okay. do have a, a body. This is why it's, you can get a good fillet out, okay. uh, out of it. Mm. And so now our offshore boats, more than the inshore boats, are really bringing these in large quantities. 
they're, they're everywhere. They all, Gulf of Maine, Georgia's Bank is just full of redfish. And, and so we've been promoting it with the city and we have done the um, soup one, mm -hmm. but we've tried other recipes, which they're great. You know, the little fillet, fried are great, uh, baked with breadcrumbs are great, done in a garlic sauce, it's really great. So there's many different ways that you can do it, but unfortunately, people just have their mindset on haddock, cod, and, and flounders, and lobster. I was gonna ask, uh, is and, it because yeah, they're thinking white in their uh, mind? No, it's, it's because basically that's what they grew up with in the last 30 years. It's not 30 years before that. So when they grew up, they could not even catch redfish. Right. They were not allowed to. So people don't have the concept. A lot of people, they think it's red snapper, and we just let it go. Okay, it's a red snapper. Well, the real name, uh, the fancy name for redfish is ocean perch. Oh, That's what it is. It's yeah. ocean perch. I've seen ocean perch in yeah. the market then. And I tell you, and the other day when we went to Minnesota um, in Minneapolis to do, to do the Dead in the Water documentary, and they prepared it, a restaurant that we served it, it was unbelievable. They wanted only all fish, mm. no flay. And the way they did it was they wrapped it in banana leaf. The red they, fish, the whole the red, red fish. The whole red fish. They wrapped it in banana leaf and they grill it. And then they put it on the platter and they served it with some kind of sauce. And people went crazy. And, and wow. the red fish on the plate looks so beautiful. I have some pictures. Um, so it's whatever you are, you know, whatever the ethnic back, background of the community, like the chef who did that is, um, he is from some Latin America, one of the Latin American country of the islands, you know. The, the ones that use banana yeah. leaves. Yeah, yeah. the ones yeah. that use banana leaves. Yeah. And, right. and I said, where can we buy banana leaves in Gloucester? I haven't been able to have time to think, to figure that out. I think but, Market Basket has them sometimes, actually. Yeah? Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They do. So, it's a fish that could be done in so many ways. And it's prepared. a white fish, and it's, and it's mild. A yeah. It's a white fish, it's a very delicate fish. You know, it's not, um, you You cannot overcook it. If you overcook it, just kill it, you know. It's, uh, and it's, but it's, it's a in fish. great abundance, it's available for people, you know. And, and what we tell people always is, is, if you go to a restaurant, they don't serve, just ask and just say, oh, it would be nice if you were to serve some redfish. Mm -hmm. Or no. the fish market. Or the fish market, yeah, right. at the fish market. Because you're supporting Gloucester boats, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. I want to talk a little bit about Gloucester boats, too. So here we are celebrating that the, there will be the blessing of the fleet, fleet on, on Sunday, Sunday yes. right? So tell, can you tell us really quickly the history of the fleet? Like, what did it look like? 50 years ago, what does it look like today? And could you tell us in a couple of sentences why? Well, what it looked like 50 years ago was we had a large fleet, yeah. a couple of hundred boats. Yeah. Today, unfortunately, we only have 25 boats who fish for ground fish. Mm. We have a lot, lots of lobster boats, and we have the herring boats, but the ground fish boats are down to 25, yeah. only because of regulations. And uh, we are really working very hard to keep at least those 25. Because one thing we know for sure, there's plenty of fish in the ocean yeah. that will support even more than 25 boats. But we have to abide by the rules. 
And when I see, I've lived here for 25 years or something, and what I really see is that the fishing community is really a community. When those fishing boats are told by the federal government they can't go fishing, the impact on this community is huge. It's huge. It stops being a fishing town, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if, if Gloucester stops fishing, what will it be? What will it be? You know, we, our identity, it's, we are a fishing community. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I mean, this and is all been, about the fish. You know, it's been like this for 400 years. It's been uh, Italian fishing community, you know, Italian immigrant fish community for 92 years. That this year is the 92nd year of the Peter Fiesta. So that's what it is. And uh, I'm sorry. No, so now the Gloucester Fishermen's Wives Association is now and it's 50th year. This year it's 50 years, right. yes. And so can you just explain that for people who may not know well, what you're advocating for through the association? Well, the organization was uh, come together in 1969. Mm -hmm. A group of women, immigrants, first generation, a few, you know, Yankees involved, mostly were like daughters and, and wives and, and mothers of Italian-American fishermen. Mm -hmm. They got together because at that time, the whole world was fishing our, our waters. And they wanted that to be stopped. They wanted the declaration of the 200 mile limit, which became the Magnus and Stevens Act, so that all American boats can fish within 200 miles of the coastline. It took them seven years, but they did it. And that is really what has saved our fish stocks mm -hmm. because they were, as Lino Lovello used to put it, they were vacuum cleaning the Atlantic Ocean. The, uh, the foreign boats, the, the foreign big boats. foreign boats, yeah. Big right. factory trawls. They were not just boats, they were factory trawls. Yeah. The fishermen used to say that they never saw seagulls on top of those boats. Huh. Because everything that was brought in was manufactured on the boat and, and divided, but they were covered. And so, that's what the fishermen used to say. There were not even seagulls on top of those boats. And you actually testified in Congress, right? Yes. On behalf of the 200-mile uh, limit? Um, not the original bill, no. It was other member of the fisherman's wife, because I didn't become involved with the fisherman's wife until 77. Okay. The law had already passed, and I was asked to go to a meeting to translate, because all the fishermen, nobody spoke English at that time. So Lina Novello called me, and she said, you know, we need you to this meeting to translate. And I was like, and, she, and I said, well, I, I talked to my husband. She goes, that's OK. Your husband is coming to the meeting, so you can come. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I became involved with, with the fisherman's wife. And why do you stay involved? Well, because this is my inheritance. I come from seven generations of fishing. And funny enough, when I was a little girl, my grandmother in her own little fishing village in Italy, she was like me. So she used to take me with her everywhere she went. And so, and then when my grandmother died young, but my father was also involved in the community and taking care of the fishing families. So that was something that was in me, you know, and makes it just natural. And once you, I got a, at that meeting, I learned a lot in a very short time, but once you see the injustice that really has been going on for, for, for 42 years, it's, it's, it's something I just couldn't sit back and let it happen. Right. Yes, I, 
Are you optimistic at all about the future of the fishing industry here in Gloucester? And what is I it am. to be optimistic about? I am because, as I told you earlier, we know there's plenty of fish in the ocean. Mm -hmm. The sacrifice that's been made have paid off. The regulation, we only pray, and St. Peter can have a part in this, that we can enlighten the minds of the regulators and allow you know, more fish to be caught so we can encourage the younger generation to get involved because it's so hard. Uh, we let our children go. We told them, go away. You don't go fishing. You don't have a future. And now we see that really we convince them to stay away. But there is a future because this fish is out there and it's food. And somebody, if we don't go and, and fish it, who's going to do it? Somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Because then we have the Lord, the Sea Conference that says that when there is a stock of fish that is not being utilized the nation, by the nation where it belongs, it should be opened up to the rest of the world. And this is really what worries me. Right. Yeah. And I spent some time with Jojo yeah. Sanfilippo, who is teaching, he and other captains here are teaching young people how to mend fishing nets mm -hmm. and do really basic things. There's an interest there for people to yeah. get involved in the industry, but yeah. yeah, you're right. Like I remember my family telling all of us, like, nope, go, go away. Like the industry's not happening yeah. here. You, you had to go elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like you said, there is fish out there. Like there should yeah. be a robust industry here. And it's such a healthy protein. Let's it just is. Let's dwell only, on that for a second, the, right? It's the only left natural protein in the world mm -hmm. where you just get it and eat it. You don't have to do anything to it. Right. And. Uh, it's a health, you know, and we're so blessed because geographically, Gloucester sits in the coastline. It sits at a perfect location where both the Gulf of Maine is in front of us. Then we have Stillwagon Bank, we have George's Bank, we have Cashew's Ledge, all these very rich fishing grounds. They're within short, you know, navigation mm -hmm. from, from our city. It's also interesting. I mean, people think that um, your interests are in the fishermen, but by saving the fishermen, you're also protecting the oceans. And the fishermen's wives have done well, a lot of work well, you know, advocating for that ocean, Honestly, right? the fishermen's wives have been more environmentalists than they've been anything else. Huh. And we've been true environmentalists because we really mean it. And, and after all the years of experience that we've had with the environmental group, I really have to say, you're fake. Do you fake. want to give us some examples of the work you've done? Well, I, uh, well, you know, the first thing that came on board when I became part of it was oil drilling in George's Bank. That was a couple of years of a fight that we took all the way to, to the Supreme Court with Conservation Law Foundation. And then we went to Congress, and in 88, they passed the moratorium, which allowed that for 10 years, nobody could do oil drilling on George's Bank. Immediately after that, we asked to declare a still wagon as a marine sanctuary for the protection of ground, you know, commercial fishing and sport fishing. Because sport fishing is a big business in our community, too. So we had that done in, nine, in 93. And then we turned basically to the New England Fishery Management Council because the fishermen were telling us that we needed to do something because they saw that the fish were, were not in great abundance as they were early in the 80s. It took the council four years to do anything. And by then, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And they came down so hard on people that that's when we started to say Amendment 4, Amendment 5 to the Mangus and that. That's when we started seeing the boats leave. Mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. uh, 
And it's been a real struggle since then. Um, we have not increased number of votes. We've just been going down, down, down. Always with the, you know, there was Amendment 13, and then there was Amendment 16, and we fought it to, to the end. But by then, the environmental people really existed. They were well positioned. They were well funded, and so they would sue National Marine Fisheries, and National Marine Fisheries didn't want to be sued, and they went along with them. And this is what we, where we are today. And I mean, right now, the thing that it's, uh, people are not aware of uh, that much, that is just this past year, 1,400 square miles of ocean was given to the windmill people. Oh, wind right. turbine and below yeah. Nantucket. This area, it's all on fishing ground and it's whales ground too. Right. Well, but the yeah. environmental people say nothing because they got paid off. They got paid off $3 million mm. to do study. So yeah. they're not talking about it at all. Right. That's not right. Yeah. The not same right. organization that stopped fishermen from fishing, they're keeping their mouth shut yeah. about this. So, that, you know, the fisherman's wife have this belief that they really want the industry out because they need the ocean for everything else. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. an up battle. Very interesting, right. Really yeah. interesting. So before we get too close to the end, could you, you had told me a story about how St. Peter's, the celebration began. Could you yeah. tell that story? Yeah, I find out about this when we were, the fisherman's wife were working with Regent College to create a play called Six Pair of Hands, and it was the story of the fisherman's wife. And Grace Favazak was, was one of the founders, she's still a member. Um, Founder of the fisherman's wife. Of uh, the fisherman's yes. wife. Um, well, it's, and Fiesta as well. Yeah. Um, she, she told the interviewer the story, how she remembers Fiesta started. And she said that Mr. Peter Favazza, who was an Italian immigrant in Gloucester and at a gear store, um, one commissioned the statue of St. Peter. In his hometown of Terracini, every year they would do a feast for St. Peter and it's a patron of faith, fishman. So he commissioned the statue and the statue came and he had it in the store somewhere in the fort. So down, yeah, down there. Right yeah. across from Pavilion Beach, somewhere around there. And so one day he claims that as he went in the morning to open up the store, he looked at St. Peter and he saw this arrow around his head. So he told his son, young Peter to help him bring the statue near the window so he could be looking out at the ocean and protect the fishmen. His son, like any teenager, complained and complained and complained. But he finally helped his father and put the statue at St. Peter next to the window, looking at Pavilion Beach and the Gloucester Harbor. Huh. Um, the day was over, they shut the lights and they went home. The next morning, Mr. Favazzo goes to the store and he goes to look at St. Peter and he sees outside all the wives, all with candles and flowers, and we're doing the rosary. Amazing. Gracie remembers because she said she was a little girl and she went with her mother. And, and that day she was wearing no shoes because her family couldn't afford to buy her shoes. So Mr. Favazzo looked at her and said, why should daughter no, have no shoes? And Grace's mother, very humble, said, you know, I have 12 kids. I just can afford to buy some. So he put his hand in the pocket and gave her some money and said, go get some shoes. Well, funny enough, Grace married 
the young Peter couldn't want to bring St. Peter's <laughs> really? into the window. So she became <laughs> Mr. Fermat's so daughter-in-law. Wow. That's and, very funny. Uh, and when they did it in the play, it was just unbelievable, yeah. you know, beautiful. And, and for many years, the fiesta was, according to them, they would just do an altar, altar outside in front of a house and they would say the prayers. Mm -hmm. There was none of Down this. Down on the fort here. Down the yeah. fort. Then when World War II came, they really didn't, all they used to do was praying, praying. And a lot of the Gloucester fishermen came back from the war and, and then they moved to St. Peter Park uh -huh. and became this And it became bigger, a much bigger event. Bigger event. That is a beautiful story. I yeah, it that. is. You know, it's, uh, and that's, so the fisherman's wife were involved all the time <laughs> and everything. That, Do you that have is. any favorite um, food stories or just stories in general from Fiesta? Well, for us, Fiesta, it, my family, we came to Gloucester in 1965. Two years before we arrived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where it was not a fishing town. And my father was very unhappy and he was gonna leave to go back to Sicily. But we had some friends in Gloucester who say, why don't you come by here before you leave? If you don't like, you can go home. And so we arrived there on June 15, and they were getting ready for fiesta. We had been, we have a big fiesta in my hometown to the Blessed Mother, the patron of the fishermen. So this was something new, not new, but it fulfilled that emptiness that we felt from our hometown not being able to have a fiesta. So it's always been something, fiestas like this, you have to understand that they are a celebration of our faith. And we as Catholic, we do believe that St. Peter is the protector of fishermen. So who would not support that? And then I've had the pleasure for the last 45 years to always do the reading at the mass mm. in Italian. And I remember at the beginning, there was this bishop, it was to call Bishop Greco. He came from Alexandria. Um, Virginia? Not Virginia, somewhere in Alabama, Alabama Mississippi. Oh, okay. And yeah. because he spoke huh. Italian and he would come and it, the mess would be all in Italian. Huh. And um, then he got old and he, he came also, the last time he came, he was not, you know, a bishop anymore. He was very old and retired. But he still came for, for the fiesta. Nice. So Did he do the blessing? And he did yeah. the blessing yeah. too. And yeah. then once he passed away, it was be more like the Boston Cardinal Madeiras and then it was Cardinal Law. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, I understand Cardinal Cushion used to come a lot too wow. during fiesta before right. that. Yeah. So this for us is, like I said, it's a celebration of our faith mm. and, our, and our culture. Because being, being from any village in Sicily, once a year, at least once a year, there's a feast like this for the patron saint. Mm. And it's it's a great time. It is. It is. Beautiful. Yeah. And so what are you doing for the weekend now? I mean, you've got, you must be wall-to-wall plans here, right? <laughs> well, you know, the last few years we have taken it really easy. The kids are grown up, so yeah. we don't have to bring them to the carnival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we do come down and just sit with all the Italian people, listen to music. But tomorrow night, we're be going to the Gloucester House for the reception mm -hmm. that the Fiesta Committee does. Friday, the very important piece is bringing St. Peter from St. Peter Club around and here at the stage. Mm -hmm. Saturday is just a leisure day, meet friends, go out to eat, whatever. And then, then Sunday is the big day, right. the mass, the procession, Korea, yeah. which we walk into, you know, and then there's the greasy pole and the boat races. So 
we, we, we are at a good place right yeah. now. You know, my grandchildren will be here. I'll have two of my grandchildren that they, they live out of town, but they be coming down. Yeah. And last night, my other grandson, Paul, who lives in Gloucester, was with us at the Legion for the Mass and the procession. That's so. nice. Yeah. Well, bona fiesta, Angela. Thank yeah, you. We bon really fiesta. appreciate you spending some time with us today. Anytime. And we'd love to chat with you again. If people want to learn more about the Gloucester Fisherman's Wives Association, they can visit gfwa.org. Right, org. It's a known website, but it's a lot of information. Right, and they have a great cookbook. A fabulous. Oh, yes. If you want to learn how to cook fish the right way. The, the Taste Gloucester. of Gloucester. Yeah. We, we did it. They did it. I wasn't even involved, but they did it. <laughs> you weren't? They did it in 76 with the League of Women's Voters. No, but the one with Susan Pollock, you were involved. Yeah, that I was. One. That yeah. was the. That's the other big one: stories and recipes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But also, but the one that is all the fish recipes is the Taste of Gloucester. Yeah, that it's is the a little good one. one. Right. It's not even expensive, and there is tons of recipe for Great everything. Great fish recipes in there. You can still yeah. find that online too, and everywhere yeah. around here as well. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. Thank you so much.